Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. All right, can you hear me now? Uh-huh. Okay, so hold on. I think I have a problem of of my 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 cask. Um, can you can you hear me? Is it echoing or something? Uh, no, I think it's it's a problem on my side. Um, I have connected, and can can we can you hear me now? I hear you clear. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, what's wrong with that? Uh, and here? Yeah, I still hear you good. You're coming okay, through perfectly. So I will definitely have to lower the sound. I, I, because normally I have my cask, it works nicely. Mm-hmm. Okay, on maximum. I mean, you're coming through perfectly on my end. Yes, but the problem is I can't hear you. <laughs> oh, you can't hear me. I see. Huh. Hold on, I'm trying a few things. Okay. I wouldn't like to be... Uh, what's wrong with that stuff? Better? Is your volume all the way up? No. Okay, so I, I, I just leave the cask. It won't work today. I don't know what's wrong. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to speak extra loud? Um, yes, I don't know what went wrong with the... Um, Where's the hold on? I have the sound. Oh, the sound is here. And maximum speed. I'd like to, to really get that fixed, but I can't understand why. Maybe mm. because of. Um, I'm sorry, we try again. Can you yeah. speak? Yeah, can you hear me now? Okay, so I have to give up. <laughs> my cast may be um, flat of battery, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'm just going to ask my daughter. Okay. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yes, I hear you good. Okay, it doesn't change. I think it's doesn't my change. computer. Mm. Okay, all right. Well, I'll talk loud. If you can't hear me along the way, just remind me to talk loud again. Okay. Okay, no, okay. So it's, uh, we're going to leave it that way. I'm not going to go too much on. Okay, I'm going to do it that way. So, hello, Danielle. Sorry, I, I had uh, my cast was working perfectly, and suddenly when I wanted to switch on the computer, it didn't work. That's okay. So that's fine. We, we can work that way. Okay, sounds good. So today is January 17th and we are in class number three. So what questions do you have or what have you been thinking about or anything that you want to share with me since we last spoke? 
Yes. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, uh, I've been trying to ground myself, which I think uh, with the problem, the cask has been disappearing, but it doesn't matter. And I was wondering uh, when you inhale, um, I do it by the nose, and when you exhale, Okay, it actually doesn't matter. I don't even think about it when I do it. Um, just the breath in itself is powerful enough that it overrides whether you're inhaling or exhaling through the nose or the mouth. So don't worry so much about that. The grounding is especially, especially happens whenever you visualize yourself connecting to the core of the earth. So the grounding isn't so much about the breath. The breath just helps relax you and focus you and helps you to visualize. Yes, yes. In a few days, I'm going to make it available for anybody who wasn't on the call, who wants to purchase the recording of it. Yes, it's a, it ended up being two and a half hours versus the two hours I had planned, but a two and a half hour call. Yeah, that'll be fine. I'll send you an email when I've got that up and available on my website. Okay, lovely. Okay, lovely. That's it. Yeah, because she said it was really nice and she enjoyed, so... <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. Lovely. No questions otherwise. I mean, uh, I was happy about um, connecting with uh, Lira, mm -hmm. and um, and that was good. Okay, so I downloaded the pictures already, so that's good as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you, you can. Okay, great. Excellent. We are set to go then. So, and just to mention with Lyra, so I offer that independent homework practice in part because it's a very different style of practice than what you and I are doing live talking. Yeah, on the computer. So, um, know that you did really well. Good job. Because that's you doing it all by yourself, Stella. And I really want to point that out. You did good work with her. So, good job. Uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. All right, so um, let's dive right in. A couple mini topics, and then we're mostly going to do practice today. So I want to talk to you about what helps to keep your intuitive energy wide open and what can actually close it or clamp it down. Keeping the energy open obviously helps when you are calm and relaxed, okay? Also, other things that help is when you're in an environment where your body is physically comfortable. So for some people, like myself, that usually is me being in a warm room where I'm not being distracted by my body being cold. Often involves me sitting down. When I sit down, I find it easier for my body to relax into a session than if I'm standing up, although I can do a session that way too. It also helps when I've already got all the information I require from the client on their animal and we're not doing any last minute scrambling because one of the things that can clamp down or, or make it more challenging to um, be intuitively open is energy of rushing. When you're rushing to get something done, when you're hurrying, when you're just doing that quick, fast pace, let's get this, this, this. When you rush, that is anything but relaxation, right? Yeah. So know that that will clamp the energy down. So if you find that you're rushing for some reason to start a session, what I tell people is, you know, as the animal communicator, just take a couple deep breaths. Get yourself back to where you need to be so the energy opens wide and you are set to go. 
Now, there's things that can happen on the other end that is kind of uh, not, not your call, kind of outside of you. The animal and the person can sometimes be a little bit closed off, which makes your work as an intuitive a little bit more challenging now and then. So I kind of look at the energy flow in an ideal world. I want to be relaxed and calm and wide open. I want that for my human client and my animal client too. Occasionally, a human client will come to you and they will, I mean, if they're going to hire you, they're going to be open to some degree to this work, which is good. That means they're kind of, you know, they're in the energy flow of openness, which is helpful to you being able to intuit. If, however, they bring somebody along with them who's really not interested in animal communication, thinks it's dumb, stupid, you know, all that kind of contracting kind of opinions or energy, you may pick that up, you may feel it. It's not going to block you or stop you, but it can make the work a little bit more challenging um, mm -hmm. if you happen to notice it. So, I understand, yeah. So what I like to tell new clients, because they could potentially fall into one of those two categories, I, I want to tell them up front, okay, are you new to animal communication? If they tell me yes, at the very start of the call, I will say something like, I am then going to give you a bit of information that helps you get the most out of your session. Really what I'm doing, Stella, is kind of setting the, setting the scene for them so they have an idea of what this looks like. Because when people have information, they tend to relax and calm down. Versus when they don't know anything about anything, they're sometimes a little bit more, you know, uptight. <laughs> we want them to relax. So I'll say something like this. So when I'm doing this work with your animal, know that I'm actually connecting with the animal telepathically, thought to thought. This isn't just me reading their energy field and telling you about them, which certainly is an intuitive skill in and of itself, but rather I'm speaking to them telepathically, which is great because it allows you, the owner, to actually ask specific questions to your animal and we can get those answers. I'll voice what I hear from your pet out loud and we can go from there. The second thing, Stella, I will always tell them, because people are funny, they will sometimes give you so general types of questions that it's like not even really useful. So I'll say to them, it's very important when you ask the questions for your animal that you ask specific and not general questions. Specific questions tend to yield more in-depth information from the animals and they clearly understand what it is you're after. If you give an open-ended general question, and here's an example, such as asking an animal or a person, how are you? They may say something like, I'm good and I'm fine. And they may not touch on at all on the topic that you, the client, really want to discuss with them. So instead of us making it broad and hoping the animal talks about what you want to talk about, say something specific such as, how are you doing considering you vomited last night? The animal's going to be like, oh, you're looking for information on that aspect of my body. Okay. And they're going to go into greater detail because you just clued them in on what it is you want to talk about. Okay. Okay. Uh -huh. What I found with clients, Stella, who are totally brand new to this and don't know how this, this world of animal communication works, is they will keep it general. And then sometimes at the end of the session, in the last five, ten minutes, they'll bring up their most important questions that are far more specific. 
and we've kind of run out of time by then. <laughs> so you got to educate your client. That opens up the energy on their end because you just clued them in. Now with the animal, animals generally 99% of the time are wide open to begin with with you. So there's no contraction of energy there. If however you encounter an animal that's nervous or shy in talking with you, you might have to just say a few things that helps them to relax. What I usually say to especially a shy or nervous animal, and they're nervous talking to me, is your person actually hired me in order to have a session with you because they love you so much that they want to understand more about you. Are you willing to talk to your person in this way? Nine times out of ten, that opens the animal wide because they're like, oh, my person initiated this. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. Um, it brings up me a question, Danielle. Is I've been trying to open my heart when I found, when I saw animals um, this week, um, trying to really go down in my heart. And um, I mean, the three experiences I had were not good. I mean, um, like I've been sending some some love to some dogs I saw, for example, just sending love to see if I could, I was able to get their attention and it didn't work. And then uh, when I saw, I was in the shop and I saw it, uh, and there was a dog and everybody was looking at the dog. And then I went down, like um, the first session we had, like I put down my, my mind into my heart, opened my heart much more. And the dogs really turned at me and, and barked at me. And I was like, oh. Mm -hmm. So, well, what, is, what does it mean? So, that's a reaction that confirms that the animal sensed what you were doing. And that might have been so unusual for the animal. It was like, hey, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? It might have been actually excitement energy that they were barking okay. at towards you because they're not used to people doing that. So, it was very different and probably caught his or her eye. As far as sending the love, you can do that. What I've discovered over the years is when I send love to an animal, they find that so natural that they don't generally do anything different. Oh, okay. So I guess I, I tell you, don't expect to have a response because it's normal for them to experience love, especially a domestic animal. And they may not have been paying attention as well. If they're on a walk with their person, their five senses are probably very preoccupied with the smells, the sights, the sounds, if they're especially a dog who doesn't get out more than once a day on a walk. Okay. They're preoccupied. Okay. Um, so if you're wanting, which you can try, I'll give you this as an alternative exercise. If a dog is being walked on by a leash by another person, and you don't know the dog, you, you know, you really don't really technically have too much permission there, without the owner's okay to communicate with them. But what you can do is drop down into your heart space and see if you can sense whatever the dog's thinking about. Now, the dog is probably not going to sense you in that moment unless they're focused on you and you only, okay? But you'll be able to sense them. And through that way, you'll be able to pick up maybe some things about what they're seeing, what they're smelling, what they're thinking about, what's holding their attention. And with that said, understand that a lot of times our animal friends that are very balanced don't have a single thought in their head when they are doing an activity. So I asked my black cat Lyra once, you know, in a given day when you're wide awake, how much time in that day do you actually spend in a silent mind? And she said basically the entire day. 
like 95% of the day. <laughs> and I um, said, so your eyes are open and you're just what, doing what? And she says, I'm just being aware. I'm paying attention. She says that other 5% is me telepathing with you or with another animal in the family or with the birds outside or just thinking out loud to myself. So know that Stella, oftentimes you tune in, you sense, if you just sit and wait, unless you initiate the conversation, there probably is not much going on because they're just in, in a state of presence. Okay, very interesting. Thank you. Yeah, okay, it makes sense. And on the other hand as well, it's just like, yeah, I, I understand much more now. Okay. Good. So the second um, topic I want to talk to you about is images and the images and the pictures that we receive from the animals. So here's what I've observed over the years for myself as well as my students. Sometimes when we get pictures from the animals, a sense of automatic knowing of what that image is about comes through. So we might get an image of a ball and it's like we just, we get the additional information of, oh, the animal's talking about a ball that they have. You, you automatically get that knowing. And other times you'll get an image of a ball and there's no automatic knowing attached. And here's what I wanna teach you. When you get an image where there's no automatic <clears throat> clarification about what that image is truly about, you then need to go back to the animal and say, what is that image about? Because what they, sometimes I've gotten things as crazy as, you know, I get the image of the ball and I ask the animal, what's this image about? And they say something like, See that ball moving that I showed you in the image? And I'll say, yes, that's how I move these days. I move, move with fluidity now that mom put me on a medicine that helps my joints move. Okay. So not every image is literal. Most images are not. <laughs> okay, which explains why when you see an image from an animal and the owner says, oh yeah, they've got that particular toy. When you see that toy in person, it sometimes doesn't look at all like your image, and yet you were able to say they've got a toy mouse, and the owner's like, oh yeah, she does have a toy mouse, and here it is, and you saw it gray, and they show it to you as purple with a green tail. <laughs> and you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, that's so different than what I got. But the, the concept of the cat has a toy mouse successfully crossed the barrier over to their owner. They got it. So understand that when we get images from our animals, they're just trying to give us a concept information, an idea. It may not always be literal. And I tell you that because when I first started, I thought, I assumed every picture was literal until I kept seeing, oh, that's not an exact match. Okay. okay. And I, I don't want you to fall into that same category and be disappointed in yourself because that's not how visuals work. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Do you have any okay. questions? Um, yes, um, in fact, that comes to the, to, um, um, oh, it was, it was Lira who was watching, I can't remember if it was Lira or, yeah, it was Lira watching Spartacus. Okay. And, um, I saw her watching carefully and I put two, three brackets because I, uh, two, three points because, um, I just got the image of watching her. Okay. She was watching her very intensively. But I didn't know why she watched him because, okay. you know, then I had a second opinion. Maybe it was my mind saying, um, would, like, would she like to play with or uh, would she maybe fancy eating it? I don't know. Okay. Um, 
and maybe I didn't ask enough question by saying, is he your friend? In fact, after a while, I just thought maybe I should have asked her, is he your friend or do you want to play with? And I didn't at the time because um, I didn't know, in fact. What do you think about? Okay, awesome. So if we could go back in time and I had been with you at that moment, what I would have said to you, okay, that image you're getting of her watching the guinea pig, if there's no automatic knowing coming through with that image on what, with huge 100% clarity, what that's about, then ask Lyra, what is this image about? She'll tell you. She might tell you something as simple as, I like to watch the guinea pig. Or she might say something like, I wish the guinea pig and I were, you know, closer together without bars. She might give you something that, you know, sometimes the images they give us, Stella, is just to prompt us to ask for the next layer of information underneath it. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So from here on out, I think you've got a little bit more of an idea of what to do with every image that comes through. Either it's got automatic knowing or it doesn't. And with the automatic knowing, um, when it's not there, just ask the very general open question, what's this about? Leave it wide open. Because what you could do, and I don't advise it, and I'll tell you why, but you could say, okay, you're getting giving me an image of you watching the guinea pig. Is this, does this mean you want to be its friend? Yes or no? Does it mean that you want to get in the cage with it? Yes or no? Does it mean that you want to, you just like to watch it, you like how it moves? Yes or no? That's going to take you a lot more time to figure out what the cat means versus if you just go back to the cat and say, what does this image mean? She'll tell you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Any other questions? No, not for the moment. Okay. Um, it makes sense. Um, um, I just said um, uh, the, I went once with an animal communicator and the host said um, his job was to race. And in fact, um, my mind just just say, okay, it was a racing horse. And, uh, and the homework was no, it was not a, horse, a racing horse because it didn't mean that he, he was touched to race because in fact his owner was just letting him free in the arena and ask him to to run very fast okay. and he thought it was his job but my mind just said oh if you like to race he's a racing horse and i was bad <laughs> oh no no you weren't bad if you were never taught how to approach yeah. the images you don't know right you're trying to figure it out on true. your own I never had anybody pointed out as clear as I pointed out to students these days. I sure wish it had because it would have it would have made my communication sessions in my earlier days a lot more crystal clear. Um, but that's okay. We all are on our own own journey. So um, I have seen I have seen Danielle on your side that you've been becoming an animal communicator after one year and a half. Yes. that's amazing. Well, a lot of students are actually doing it even quicker than that these days. <laughs> so, um, yes, at the time I thought it was pretty quick as well. Um, but no, people are even, they're, they're outdoing me. I have students that I'm teaching that are picking this information up far faster than even I did. And I thought I was a fast learning student way back when. But times are changing and, you know, things are excelling and moving forward in, in the world. So it's not surprising. Um, yeah, I tell people don't latch on to a time frame. Everybody's journey is unique and different. So, uh, yeah, and I, it was a year and a half for me. But for other people, it's it's a matter of six months or less. And some people, it's, it's a couple years in part because they let their fears get in the way. And and that, that course that Jenny shared with you actually talks about the fear and all that. So when you listen to that, I think it'll help you know how to step beyond the fear. We can always discuss it in this class as well, but I, I don't want to take too, too much time away from our practice today with our animals. Yes, okay. I understand. 
So who do you want to work with animal-wise? Who are you drawn to, Photo? So I was really strongly drawn to Bailey, um, uh, Beetle Bailey. First, okay. where did does she get that name from? <laughs> uh, so his, his name was originally Bailey when he came to me as a kitten, and I didn't like the name Bailey, so my mom suggested Beetle Bailey, which over here in the U.S. is a cartoon character in comic strips. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let me give you information on him. So, Beetle Bailey, he's about 15 years old. I have owned him since he was a kitten, and he lives here in the house. He is, well, you can see what he looks like in the photograph. Um, and he lives with me, my husband, and then all the other animals in the family, which consists of a total of four cats, three small dogs, the guinea pig, and the two turtles. Okay. okay. So, go ahead and close your eyes. And I'll do the same, and let's both of us drop down and relax. And when you feel like you're deep enough, go ahead and call Beetle Bailey's name and introduce yourself once you sense him being aware of you. Just tell him your name is Stella and I'm here to do some practice with you. I'm going to do the same. Okay, so I'm just asking Beetle, can we do some practice with you today? Will you be our teacher? He says always. Excellent. So he's very willing. So let's go ahead with a very wide open question. And Stella, I'm going to do it like we did last time where I want you to continue to stay down. I'm going to ask you a lot of different questions and make notes on what you say versus you popping back up and down, up and down. Okay? Okay. So ask him, tell me something about your life here with Danielle. He's comfortable. He's lying. I can see him's comfortable. Okay. And ask him what else? He loves being with you. He loves watching you. And ask him what he feels he does for me. What are the things he does for me from his point of view? He helps you teaching students. Sleeps on the bed with you. Okay, good. And ask him when he wants my attention and I'm not giving it to him, what does he do to get my attention? He meows very strongly. He runs in your legs. Okay. You're doing great. Anything else? And he sits and watches you intensively until you get the attention. 
Okay, good. And now ask him, how do you like to be held by Danielle? Like standing and like a baby where you put your hand and his uh, is, is, um, bottom and he's standing. He's over your shoulder. Okay, good. And ask him, are you a lap cat? No, he's not. Ask him, how do you feel about visitors or strangers in the house? Do you visit them? I stay in the bedroom. And ask why? He's scared of people. Okay. And ask him, and I will confirm at this point, so yes, he has a bedroom, which is the bedroom slash office here that I'm in right now. More times than not, he chooses of his own accord to be in here, and there is a bed in here as well. And he shares space with Eliza. You talked with her last time. She was the brown tiger cat. Ask him, how do you feel about Eliza? He likes her. He really loves her. They sleep together sometimes, but not far from each other. They got close energy. Say that again. You know, they have. Um, they like to be in not far from each other. Okay, okay. I can see them sleeping not far from them, from each other. Okay. And what is he like best about the bedroom? You can see by the window and he can sleep on a pillow, no? Excellent. And ask him, does he mind me working in his bedroom? No, because he can watch you. <laughs> and he loves you being around, so he's got the perfect um, environment. Okay. And how's he feel about his drying canned food? Um, I feel just before the question before that he likes being, but he doesn't like too much noise. Okay, okay. And the question was about his dry food? Yeah, how's he feel about his dry and his canned food? I can see maybe he prefers dry food. 
Yes. It comes first, and then on, after only the, the canned food. Because he likes to bite in it. Uh-huh. Good. And so, Beetle Belly has the option whenever he wants for him to go roam the rest of the house. I just open the door when he meows, I let him out. Eliza chooses nine times out of ten to stay in, in this office slash bedroom, which is fine. And he goes out in other areas of the house. Ask him what other areas of the house he especially likes to explore. The same time you were, ask, you were asking the question, I got the feeling that it was in the bathroom. Ask him why. Likes water. Okay. Good. He can. He walks around the bath. Okay. Got it. And ask him, how do you feel about the dogs who are always everywhere in the house? him. He doesn't like to be mixed with that. He just goes his way and um, he doesn't want to have anything to do with. And if one of the dogs, in his opinion, gets a little too close to him, how does he respond? He just goes away. Good. Very, very good. All right, let me just think if there's any other question here. Oh, okay. So he wants you to ask him how he and I met or came together. Tell him when I first met him, was he by himself or with siblings? With siblings. I can see um, four, three, four. Okay. And ask him why did I choose him to keep? because he was the most beautiful one. <laughs> <laughs> but he was weak. Good. See if you can find out more about that. Ask him to tell you more. He could hardly walk. 
was weak, he was stumbling. And ask him, how did that change? Shomis is walking very proudly. His chest first. When he walks, he walks his chest first. But he's weak in the in the backside. And ask him, is he talking about present time weak in the backside or when he was a kitten, neither or both? No, he speaks about when he was a kitten. No, okay, only when he was a kitten. Okay, good. And last, last question. So ask him, where do you like to be touched on your body and where don't you like it? Um, I get confused here. It is the head and the stomach, the tummy. Say that. Um, but let me ask him again if it's the head he doesn't like and the tummy likes or the opposite. Okay. Now he likes to be pat on the head and he doesn't like to be pat on the tummy. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and that's the idea I got first and then I got confused. Nice job nice at job. going back to clarify with him. <laughs> Excellent. So go ahead and thank Beetle Bailey. Tell him he was a wonderful teacher for you. <laughs> but I got strongly attracted to him. I think he's beautiful. He's got a beautiful presence. <laughs> he does. <laughs> awesome. Hold on a second. I'm going to turn my volume down a bit. Okay. So let me give you feedback. You got like 97% out of 100 correct. Okay. You did fantastic. And you were down and low and in your heart and you moved at a slow enough pace that allowed you to sense what you need to sense and then open back up for additional information. And I could tell because you would give me one piece and then there would be silence and then you'd give me another piece of information without me always prompting you. So that's fantastic. That's exactly what you want to do in a session. Thank you. Okay. So let me go through and read to you everything that's right and I'll point out the couple things that are off and really it's just a couple. So um, something about your life. Yes, he's very comfortable living with me. Yes, he loves me. He loves watching me. Um, this is a this cat is a one person kind of guy. So it's all about me for him. So he does indeed help me teach my students. He does sleep on the bed with me. To get my attention, he does meow strongly. Yes, yes, and sometimes it's it's like too much, but yes, he does do that. <laughs> he will run around my legs or rub up against my legs to get attention. He will sit and watch me intensely. He'll like stare at me till I give him attention as well. How he likes to be held, that's exactly right. Um, so these days he's got some achiness in his skeletal system because he is older. 
and so he likes to be held like a baby. His front paws are up over my shoulder, his belly is facing my chest, and I've got his back two legs, you know, his butt and his back two legs held in my lower hand. And he will rub up his head up against my, my face and the side of my chin in that position. It's the oh, only that's sweet. <laughs> it, yes, it's the only position his body can really handle. So that's right on. So being a lap cat, I didn't know what he'd actually answer to this. When I asked him right now, are you a lap cat? He says, well, only with certain people, and that's you. So he is a lap cat for me, but not a lap cat for anybody else. So when you asked him that, he may have interpreted it as, oh, she means just as a lap cat for the average person. And the answer, no, would be correct in that case. Okay. So you're right. With visitors, he does. He's kind of nervous with strangers, so he avoids them for the most part. Um, and you're right, he chooses to stay in the bedroom. You even got it right down and correct with the actual room. He stays in the bedroom. He doesn't stay in the spare room or the kitchen or it's, it's the bedroom. It's perfect. He does love Eliza. <laughs> they do sleep not next to each other touch to touch, but you're right with a little bit of space between them. That's exactly right. Okay. What he likes best about the bedroom. Yes, he loves to sit by the window. So I have a cat tree right in front of the big window in here and he loves to sit in it and look outside. He can see the houses next door, the houses across the street and whatnot. Sleeping on a pillow, very, very good. So on the, the bed, which is just a little tiny cot that I've got in here, it's got a bedspread on it and it's got a human pillow. And I added that last week because he just absolutely loves pillows. Okay, so yes, he prefers his dry food. This is what he prefers to eat. He goes for that first and then maybe he'll eat the canned food afterwards. Canned food he tends to find boring. Areas of the house to explore. Yes, the bathroom. Okay, part of the reason it's the bathroom is the bathroom, when I open the bedroom door here, the room next door is the bathroom and the door is always open. And he likes to go and sit there because he can sit from that room and there at the threshold, look down the hall, see what's going on. He also has a habit of following me into bathrooms when I close the door so he can have Danielle time while I'm doing my business. <laughs> Um, so what's not accurate is the liking water and walking around the bathtub. Um, okay. But he's, it's still the idea or the reference of being in the bathroom. If I'm sitting you know, on the toilet or washing my hands at the sink, he has no problem hanging out any place near. He won't purposely jump on the tub um, or in the tub, I should say. Now, actually, let me go back a little bit. When I take a bath, he will on occasion choose to sit on the rim of the tub. So you might have been getting something along those lines. So I have to correct myself and say, yes, there may be some partial truth to what you're getting, depending on what his underlying energy meant underneath the image. Uh -huh. um, the dogs do annoy him. You're right. He tends to go his way. For the most part, he ignores them. If they are walking by and they're within range, even if they're not doing anything to him, he'll reach out and slap them. <laughs> ah, they, I didn't see the slapping. Yeah. That's okay. More, more often than not, he'll walk away though. Okay. Uh, if the dogs get too close, again, yes, he'll walk away. So how we met. So what's correct here is there were other siblings and he was a kitten. Um, what's not correct is he wasn't found outside in the field. He just came in with his siblings into the animal shelter that I worked at at the time. Okay. So you're right about him being a weak kitten, okay? So he was, um, so why did I pick him amongst the others? Uh, yes, he is very handsome. I tell him that all the time. So being most beautiful. <laughs> 
he was so cute. His entire litter of kittens were probably one of the cutest litter of kittens I've ever seen in my life. So there is that, and he probably picked that up along the way. Um, but I specifically took him home to, you know, nurture him and nourish him because of his siblings. He was so scrawny. He was so tiny. He was so undernourished and weak. He, he wasn't stumbling, but what he's trying to get across is that he was very weak compared to the other three to four kittens that he was with. So your number's correct as well. So I took him home and I just, I, I, he needed a lot of extra fluid therapy and things like that. So I, my plan was originally to bring him back to the shelter and then I fell in love with him. <laughs> so how does that, how has things changed? Yes, he does walk proudly his chest forward. He um, has a, a, a very graceful way of walking, even though he's a male cat. Um, weak in the hind end. I wanted to ask you that because yes, he was weak in the hind end. He was weak all, everywhere as a kitten. But these days, present time, he's also weak in the hind end for um, age reasons. He actually has a, a small fracture in his sacrum, in his bones area as well there in the hips. So um, there is some weakness there. But let me ask him what he told you for that question. So Beetle, please. Uh, so what did you tell her when she asked, were you weak as a kitten or were you weak now? He said as a kitten, did you tell her anything about your hips and your fracture? He says, no, that didn't come up. Okay, so you did hear him correctly based on what he was sharing with you in the moment. So should I have asked him again the question, what how do you feel now, in fact? Yes, if you, yeah, you can ask him. Ask him that right now. I don't see. I don't get anything. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's not really telling you much. As far as he's concerned, he's doing just fine. Okay. Okay, my perception... Yeah, because he doesn't say anything. I'm just showing, I'm asking at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So here's what's going to happen when you have client sessions. There's going to be moments where the, the owner asks, hey, how's he doing in his hips area? And you check with the cat, and the cat will say, I'm fine or they don't give you anything specific. If, if I don't get an answer from an animal, Stella, um, I'll often just rephrase it. I'll ask them, okay, I'm not hearing anything regarding that question, so Beetle Bailey, um, what's going on, if anything at all, in your hips? And then I may get, a diff may get an answer. I like to get an answer versus just saying to the owner I'm not getting anything. Um, so I'll rephrase it to see if I can get something. Um, but then, you know, let's pretend he told you, oh, I'm feeling fine, no issues. And then the oh, you tell that to the owner, and like in this instance, me, the owner, would say, okay, okay, I mean, I'm an animal communicator, I get he's telling you no issues, because as far as he's concerned, he's been living with his body like this for years. <laughs> so he's so used to it, and he truly, he can jump, he can lay down, he can do all the normal cat things. But you're going to get some owners that will look at it from a perspective of, oh, he didn't tell you he has a fracture. Oh, he didn't tell you that he's weak in the hind end, because I see him being weak, he's not as strong as my other three cats. So understand that the way a human interprets what the pet says, it's, you know, you're going to be right and the client's going to be right, but they're seeing from two different angles. So both can be right. So I want you to know that don't be disappointed with yourself because you didn't get exactly what the owner was wanting to hear or expecting to hear because the perspectives are often going to be different. So let stuff like that go. Okay. okay. You're okay. right. You're still right. 
Um, and then the last thing on touch, you're right, he loves to be touched on the head, but don't dare touch the stomach. <laughs> you did very good. Did you feel like it was a strong connection? Yes, it was, it was a good connection, yeah. Excellent. So I remember when you first spoke with me about wondering if you were going to take this class and we were just having kind of an interview with each other. Um, you were mentioning how in the beginning you were getting, you know, one to two pieces of information with some of the other ACers. I want to point out, if I was to count things, um, and I have like all these little check marks on my sheet of everything you got right, if I was to count it up for you, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, you get about 25 pieces of accurate information there, and for wrong, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, I've got 6, 6 X's. So I'm pointing that out. Nice job. Excellent job. You've got a lot of tidbits of information. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so you've grown already from when we, you know, right even before we started, okay? <laughs> Very good. So um, at the end, just go ahead and say, you know, thanks, Beetle, if you haven't already. I know we tuned him with him in back one more question. But just uh, make sure you're separated from him. Use that saying if it fits, what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours, and then we'll go on to the next animal. Okay. And who do you want to work with next? Um, I'd like to work with a Kaylee girl, you know, I'm very girlish as well, so. <laughs> okay, okay, so Callie, excellent. So Callie is, yeah, she's probably about four years old, she's female, and she's living, and I have owned her probably about two years at this point, so she came to me as a two-year-old adult dog, and she, of course, lives here with Beetle Bailey and the whole rest of the game. <laughs> So let's go ahead and take a deep breath, drop down. Once you're down, then go ahead and reach out and connect with her and introduce yourself. I can. Excellent. And I'm going to ask her, Callie, can we go ahead and ask you some questions? Because Stella is needing an animal teacher. She gives me a thumbs up. <laughs> All right, excellent. So, um, do you want me pose to pose the questions and you get the answers, or do you want to both ask the questions and get the answers this time? Okay, I can start with asking my answer, my questions, and then I can tell you what I get. Okay. You can help me after when I get stuck. Okay. Ask her what was her favorite activity, and she said running after the toys of the cats. Okay. Um, when I ask her how does she feel to be about you, to be with you, um, is she a little bit distant? Well, um, I'll say in this last 48 hours, yes, because she doesn't like it when I keep the door to the office closed, um, and she can't really be in here with me. And oh, she's a little goodness. miffed about that lately. <laughs> this one, I think she likes the cat. She likes one cat. 
The others she doesn't like. She doesn't like Lyra. She like Elisa. Okay. She loves Tyler. Tyler. Okay. She's a good friend with him. She would like to always stay with Tyler. Okay. You rescued her at the RCPA. I asked her, how did she meet you? And she said that the RCPA. Okay. When I say, where does she like to sleep on the sofa? Her, what is the favorite food? She said she likes to steal the cat's food, the wet, the, the canned food. Yes. She doesn't like to go outside so much. Okay, that's fine. So ask her where she sleeps at night. I can see her um, completely uh, like a cat, completely around something. It, I, it looks like a basket. Like snuggling, I don't know where. Snuggling in round. No, she's not next to your head. She's not far from you. Okay. Okay, good. Okay, ask her what tricks she knows to do for treats. She gives a pole. And she can stand as well. And she can turn around, like turn it around her tail. That's what I can see her doing that. Running around. And ask her how she feels about my husband, Brandon. She likes to watch TV with him. She's on the sofa while he watches TV. Good. And ask her what Danielle loves about her. Huh. Um, she says a color. 
the cheese petite. And you can carry her. Yes. And you like um, a face, you like to watch her face. And she, it's like an image where I can see the two of you watching each other. <laughs> With love. Good. And ask her, which human is she much more of a Velcro dog with, me or Brandon? I can see a preference for Brandon. Yeah. Okay. He comes first. Okay. And ask her... What have I taught her or trained her to do that she didn't know before she came to us? To go to the loo outside? Okay. And ask her, how does Danielle feel about your potty habits? And ask her why. Because it happens that she can still do it in the house. Good. On the threshold, on the on the carpet and the threshold. Okay. And ask and this is correct, and ask her and why do you still do that? She's very nervous. How does she feel about being held? She's very proud. <laughs> She's like the queen walking ahead. <laughs> Good. And ask your last question. So of her compared to the other two small dogs in the house, we've got Tyler and then we've got Tater, who's a little brown terrier, who's only a little bit bigger than her. Which one has the most energy? Between the three of them, which yeah, one is the, between, between the, the three, three of them, them, herself or the or one of the boys. Well, I think she has a very strong energy. So who's? Let me rephrase it. Who's most hyper? Okay. No, it's the other dog. The brown dog, I can see a brown dog. Okay. Okay, very good. Go ahead and thank her. Tell her she was a wonderful teacher. <laughs> <laughs> well done here too. All right, so let me give you everything you got right and the couple things that are off. 
So yes, she's very, she loves running around, okay? After, um, running after the cat toys, favorite activity. Stella, fantastic. It's wonderful that you even said cat toys because she chooses, we have cat toys and we've got dog toys. She always chooses the cat toys because they're tinier and easier to fit in her mouth than the bigger dog toys. Okay. Um, how do you feel about being with me, Danielle? Yeah, she is a bit distant lately, like over the last couple days. Right now she's down in the kitchen with Brandon. She just, I, I, you know, I, I used to let her into this office all the time and then got to the point where she was always eating the canned cat food. And it's just, I can't, I can't do that. I go through canned cat food like crazy when a dog is constantly eating it. Um, so yeah, she's not too keen on Lyra. She doesn't quite trust Lyra. She does like Eliza. She loves Tyler. Oh, she does. Oh yes. She, she is great with him. He's great with her. So, um, meet through the R RCPA. So close enough. Yeah. I fostered her. She came in through as a rescue dog. Uh, we fostered her. We meant to adopt her out, but we ended up keeping her. Okay. So sleeping. Yeah. She sleeps on the sofa quite a bit. She loves watching TV with Brandon. They did that for many hours yesterday. <laughs> um, stealing your yeah, favorite, favorite food to steal the canned cat food. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yes. It's it's like like my my mm, my thing with her. <laughs> um, doesn't like to go outside much. Very good. She doesn't like to go outside when it's cold. Yeah, and it's very cold here right now. Where she sleeps at night. So she's trying to show you that she's snuggling in a little round bed, and she's got this super soft fleece blanket, and she'll lay on the two and or she'll get underneath the blanket and lay in her bed. She's actually in a crate, so that might be the basket reference. Um, so it's a big dog crate and her items are in there and we have to do that because yes, yeah, otherwise she'll get up in the middle of the night and go pee on the carpet. Okay. So tricks, yes, paw, and she definitely does that all the time. Very good at that. She can indeed stand on her hind limbs and she can indeed run in a circle or turn in a circle. Running about is something else she's always doing. When she's excited or food is being get, getting out, she will run like a hyper little nut, you know, here and there and everywhere. So yes, <laughs> Brandon, yes, she does love him. She's actually a mama's dog, so she is closer to me, but what you might be picking up right now is the, the temporary, probably temporary thing of, well, Danielle won't let me be with her, so I'll have to be with Brandon, okay? What I love about her, wow, okay, now, um, this is 100% accurate, and she's, you've got it. I mean, if I was to tell you physically why I love her, her color is beautiful. She's the cutest little thing, and I do say little. She is petite, and I always say to people, I love the fact that I have a chihuahua because I can pick her up and carry her, okay? So, and we do love to look at each other. I watch her. Her face, I, I say to people, is like, oh my God, she has the most cute face. When her ears go back, um, because her ears are just movable like little satellites. It's the cutest thing. So, and of course there are other reasons why I love her and her personality, but she's, she's very sweet. She's very loving, but you're right on with the looks and the cuteness factor. Okay. So Velcro dog, she's more a Velcro dog with myself, but again, you know, temporarily she's with Brandon. Uh, she is trained to go outside. I did try to teach her that when she first came. Um, to be a pottying outside. Uh, how she feels, I feel about her potty habits. You're right, I'm not happy. Um, <laughs> so she's very. <laughs> yeah, she's very inconsistent. She can hold it about four hours, and then if 
I, I find when I close the door and we're at about that three to four hour threshold, if she sees my office door closed, she'll pee on the carpet just outside the door. Just to let me know, oh, you weren't available, Mom, so I didn't bother holding it. So, um, yeah, so she and I have been round and round on the bathroom potty stuff for, for over a year now. Um, she's nervous when you asked her why she can't hold it. You got she's nervous, anxiety, she can't wait. So she can't wait. She does truly struggle with having a, a full bladder. Um, it fills up very quickly for her and she just doesn't have the desire to try to hold on to it like the other dogs do. Um, nervous and anxious. Uh, so she's very hyper. She's got a lot of energy. This is a dog that I try to take for walks because that's what calms her down and gets her energy out. So the nervousness and anxiety might be picking up is, is the hyper energy. She loves to be held. She gets very proud when she's held. And yeah, this is for her just a joy. She'll often, you know, do a little gesture in order to get me to pick her up so she can see what, who's doing what and what's going on. <laughs> very good. So um, I think about the only thing I can say that's off here is who has the most energy of the three dogs. It's actually her and not the other little brown dog. Um, but that's like the only thing that's off. Everything else, my goodness. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, did it feel like a strong connection while you were down and in? Yes, yes, I felt uh, I had to go down and uh, yeah, it's true that uh, I had a strong connection as well with her. I mean, it comes to the question like, um, um, is it easier because they are, um, they, are stu they, are, they know we are students and they really try to, to, to listen to us much more than because Maybe I feel like sometimes it's easier when it's animals that are um, like, like teachers for us. Sometimes, because those animals, they understand what it is you're after, learning the skill of AC, and they tend to be a lot more patient than some of the other animals out there in the world. So sometimes, but I find that, you know, most animals that want to be heard really want to speak with us. So they're willing to, if you miss it, they're willing to answer the question of, oh, can you repeat your answer? Tell me that again. Um, I think part of it, too, is these guys, Callie and, and Vito Bailey, they have worked with so many students up to this point in time that they're very skilled themselves in anticipating what you're going to ask and giving you right on so that you can get your accuracy confirmed. So there is that, but really this, you, just as good a work you did with both of these is attainable by you with every other animal that wants to talk to you out there. Oh, okay, thank okay. you. Okay. Yeah, but I, I, oh, use, I used my great. own in the beginning because the animals are so skilled and that helps you. So you've got two teachers, me and the animal, <laughs> in that moment. Yeah, that's what I feel. You know, I, when you said, um, did, you, did you feel strongly connected? It was, at the time, strongly connected and it was so e easy, you know. It's, uh, it, it was easy to, to feel them and um, I feel like... Um, yeah, I had a strong connection because they helped me a lot. Uh-huh. So my parting thought for you is know that you can ask any animal that you talk with in the future, hey, listen, I'm still in the beginning stages of doing this, so would you be willing to be my animal teacher as I do my practice with you? And a lot of times animals are like, oh, you want me to be your teacher as I do this? Nobody ever asked me that. And they get excited, and they're more willing to stick with you through the conversation. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Do you have any questions? No, no, it's fine. Um, 
I um, you know it's um, it's it's good. I mean, I really enjoy um, because I can see straight away where I'm off when I'm on, and and um, I suppose uh, it's very positive to work this way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. You are welcome. All right. Well, we'll talk next Tuesday. Okay. Yes, okay. So thank you very much and I will keep um, practicing with your your with the homework page. All right. Sounds good, Sally. You take care. Thank you very much, Danielle. And have a nice end of the week. You too. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Bye.